Now this is just a, I don't know what you would call a postulation or just throwing it out there for you to think about. In the book of Revelations, it says that the angel came down with the key to the bottomless pit and with a great chain and that the devil was let loose for a thousand years. Could this statue be signaling that time? I don't know. There are lots of correlations, but I mean, I really don't know. But for those that are not familiar with the, with the correlations and stuff, I just want to point those things out. And interestingly enough, like I said, this thing was checkmarked, finalized in 1984. And did you guys know at the base of the statue, at this idol's feet, is a broken a chain. Broken chain. All things continually lead back to serpents, dragons, fairies, Nephilim, and fallen angels. In the distance looms a mystical mountain. As Mike Heiser used to say, if it's in the Bible and it's weird, it's probably important. At its peak, a great fire burns, concealing the Prometheus lens. This development of this knowledge that's being talked about within the mystery schools. An ancient artifact said to reveal the hidden truth within a deliberately darkened world. There is a hidden history that's been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. Join us as we travel and explore the vast unknown. It's a hero's journey with dragons to slay, damsels to save, and innumerable treasures to hoard. Torches high. The Smithsonian, they'd call wind of a giant skeleton. They would send their agents out to get it. But it takes courage to move forward, to move out of the shadows, out of the uh, unreality that we think of as reality. We are all on the hero's journey. Mankind has been in contact with and influenced by extraterrestrials. Leave the Sitchin mound of bull feathers out of it. You know, look at it from a different perspective. A different perspective. Different perspective. Different perspective. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's happening? What's up? Hold out your glass. Because we're about to fill it up. Welcome to the Prometheus Lens Podcast, the place where the conversations are always enlightening. I'm your host, Justin, and here we like to use the allegory of the Prometheus lens to take a second look at everything. You know, growing up in school, it's kind of pounded in your head, you know, that we are a Christian nation, you know, one nation under God, and that our founding fathers, you know, were Christian men, the Constitution, all these things were set up on Christian values, and they were good Christian men. How many of you guys have actually looked into that? Well, that's what we're going to do today. I think you're going to be very surprised when you look at the faith of the Founding Fathers. We did a show like this a while back on the Dig Bible Podcast, but we just kind of scratched the surface, and I had pages of notes. And, of course, when you have three people 
deep diving on one subject, you kind of get limited on some of the things you want to talk about. So this time, I'm going to share all my notes with you guys, and we're going to take a super deep dive. So get your snorkels ready, guys. It was Charles Thompson that made the final cut on the Great Seal of the United States on the back of the American dollar bill. People begged him to publish his historical records, but he declined. And he said, no, I ought not, for I should contradict all the histories of the great events of the revolution. Let the world admire the supposed wisdom and valor of our great men. I shall not undeceive future generations. Thompson destroyed his manuscripts. What have we been deceived of? In God we trust? Is this a trick? Now I'm not denying that the pilgrims that came over here were Christians. That's not what I'm doing here. I'm talking about the founding fathers, the ones that had a major hand in setting up our nation. Now let's take a closer look at Thomas Paine. The revolution began with this guy. He's the author of Common Sense. Ben Franklin encouraged him to come to America and write this book. It was John Adams who said, Paine's words were equal to Washington's sword. And he called it the age of reason. And I think you're going to see here, not only were they not Christians, but they hated them. He says, I cannot dishonor my creator by calling it by his name. He believed in a God, just not the one of the Bible. He was a Freemason. He's also quoted as saying, It is the fable of Jesus Christ as told in the New Testament, the wild and visionary doctrine raised thereon to which I contend. He also said, The story, taking it as it is told, is blasphemy obscene. 1 John 4 says, Beloved, do not trust every spirit, but test all spirits to see whether they belong to God. Many false prophets have come out into the world. This is how you can know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ came in the flesh belongs to God. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus does not belong to God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Paine's quote-unquote reason couldn't believe in the supernatural things of the Bible. The French Freemasons took the goddess of reason and exalted her on a throne. In 1599, the Geneva Bible had footnotes stating how pagans would enthrone the goddess of reason. Reason would govern your understanding. It was basically worship of the human intellect. They, they became their own gods. Payne stated, My own mind is my own church. And this guy was close to Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, and Ben Franklin. And I'm a southern man, and I know some of you guys ain't familiar with some of the terms that I use, but uh, a certain thing we say here is uh, birds of a feather flock together. You are the company that you keep. 
something my dad used to always say. If you're running around with the dogs, don't be surprised when you get the fleas. John Adams was quoted, When philosophical reason is clear and certain by intuition or necessary induction, no subsequent revelation supported by prophecies or miracles can supersede it. Once again, his mind was his own church. His reason was his God. Thomas Jefferson quoted, We hold these truths to be self-evident. So, once again, reason first, right? This intentionally called out the irrational teachings of the Bible. Colossians 2.8 Beware, lest any man deceive you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the world, and not after Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish unto him. So that is some quotes from our founding fathers. Do you still believe them to be Christian men? Dr. James H. Billington wrote the book Fire in the Minds of Men, and it states America during the Revolution was most influenced by the occultism and the proto-romanticism of Germany. They took the flame from the Christian altars to the Masonic lodges. Occult alchemists promised to turn dross into gold reappeared to, to recreate a golden age. His reference to Germany was Bulgaria. The Illuminati was founded in 1776. Coincidence? I think not. It links to masonry are acknowledged by the highest levels of masonry today. The Illuminati was originally the inner circle of Freemasons. The Illuminati was originally known as the Enlightened Ones. The goal was to gather like-minded people and exalt them to government office and spread their influence and ideas around the world. The Illuminati was established the same year as the American Revolution. This date is at the bottom of the Great Seal and at the base of the All-Seeing Eye Pyramid. Many founding fathers were known Freemasons. The Illuminati was the cornerstone of America. The Illuminati wanted out from under the monarch of the church. And they had three main goals. One, Separation of the church and state and or government. Number two, controls on the power of state and government. And three, emancipation of women slash all peoples. So with those in mind, let's take a look at America today. Looks like they're winning, or they've won, rather. Thomas Paine wrote the tracks for George Washington, and Payne had connections to the Illuminati. Ben Franklin brought Payne to England. Franklin was involved with numerous secret societies in America and Europe. Franklin was the master of the lodge in Paris, which is the epicenter of Illuminati activity. 
more specifically, the Lodge of the Nine Sisters. Fire in the Minds of Men, James Billington wrote that Payne lived in a menage a trois with Nicholas Bonneville and his wife from 1797 to 1802. Bonneville was directly involved with the Bulgarian Illuminati, and he was a channel of influence. Direct connection to the Illuminati and Payne, who inspired the revolution. He wrote tracks for Washington, and who was best friends with many of the founding fathers. Payne also wrote about the origin of Freemasonry, like he had first-hand knowledge. But it's highly debated if he was a member. Many letters have been found between Payne and Washington, revealing their close relationship. James Monroe, former U.S. president, allowed Payne to live with him for a time while in France during the French Revolution. Monroe was also a Freemason. A number of U.S. lodges were named after Payne, and upon his death, many lodges throughout America honored him. Many biographies record that Payne's deathbed, many people from the church came and tried to get him to repent of his disbelief in Jesus Christ. He refused them all and ran them all away. He died lost. On his deathbed, he requested that he never be left alone. And it wasn't because he was afraid. He wanted an eyewitness so no Christian could say that he had a deathbed conversion. I mean, think of that. You are that bold in your belief. You're on your deathbed, you're dying, and you know you demand nobody leave you alone, so you think, you assume, oh, well, they're afraid that you're about to die. No, he's like, no. All these Christians coming and going, when I die, they're going to say that I repented and I converted. You're my witness. No, I did not. It's pretty bold. But the Founding Fathers and Freemasons believed in moral codes, teachings, and ethics of the Bible, just not God, or Jesus, or the idea of salvation through faith. So you got to ask yourself this question. If it was the spirit behind the pen of pain that inspired the American Revolution, what spirit was that? Now let's take a closer look at uh, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson drafted the Declaration of Independence. His letters show he had no love for Christianity or the Bible. To General Alexander Smith on January the 17th, 1825, he compared the book of Revelation to the ravings of a madman. His recorded thoughts on Jesus were as follows. The greatest of all the reformers of the depraved religions of his own country was Jesus of Nazareth, extracting what is his from the rubbish in which it is buried is easily distinguished by its luster from the dross of his biographers and as separable as the diamond from the dunghill. This is a letter to William Short, October 31st, 1819. In that letter, he talked about the process of putting together his Jefferson Bible. And that's one thing a lot of people throw up that don't know. They just believe what they're told and what they've heard. Oh, well, Jefferson was a Christian. He had the Jefferson Bible. 
Well, let's take a look at that Bible. The original title was The Life and Morals of Jesus of Nazareth. He thought of Jesus as a good moral teacher and nothing more. Many of his letters found questioning the authenticity of the New and Old Testament. He's even quoted as saying the writers were inferior minds. And of Paul, he said he was the corrupter of the doctrines of Jesus. We see that spirit today circling through this, you know, what's being called the Hebrew Roots Movement, the attack on Paul. It's the same spirit back then that's still working its way through today. But in Jefferson's Bible, he omits anything supernatural, like the virgin birth, miracles, the resurrection, the ascension to heaven, anything that was beyond his quote-unquote reason because he was a Freemason and reason ruled. His mind was his church. And they've also found some letters to his nephew as he was going through college. And here's a quotation from that. You will next read the New Testament, the history of the personage called Jesus. Keep your eye the opposite pretensions. One, of those who say he was begotten by God, born of a virgin, suspended and reversed the laws of nature at will and ascended bodily into heaven. And two, of those who say he was a man of illegitimate birth who was set out without pretensions to divinity ended up believing them and was punished capitally for sedition by being gibbeted according to the Roman law. These questions are examined in the books I have mentioned. They will assist you in your inquiries. But keep your reason firmly on the watch and reading them all. And Jefferson also aided in the French Revolution. So it's like, guys, ask yourself, you're hearing this, and this is all documented stuff from their journals, letters, this is the stuff you can pull up on the websites or, or go to the you know the Congress library and find all of this stuff. It's there for those who want to look and find these things. I'm just not making this stuff up. Now, the Georgia Guidestones, now you remember uh, around the last election cycle about these stones that just, you know, blew up and got dismantled down in Georgia. These Georgia Guidestones have been down there forever. And it's like all of a sudden when people started paying attention to it and reading what they said, they had to be taken down. Now, these Georgia Guidestones are echoes from the Enlightened period. They are the Ten Commandments of the NWO, which were destroyed when the people started actually paying attention to them around the pandemic, 2020 to 2021. And on them, etched in stone, said, let these be Guidestones to an age of reason. reason. Hey guys, what's up? Tom Dunn here from Through the Black. We have launched our new ministry outreach, No More Dead Babies. And the website is nomoredeadbabies.com. We want you to go to that website and get a free t-shirt, okay? Um, and uh, we want you to join the movement, okay? We need soldiers to step up and say that they're going to be a voice for the voiceless, okay? 
Guys, we've never done anything like this before. This is a big deal, and I don't know who all is ready for it out there, but it's time to step up, okay? And we're asking you to go to the website and to order the shirt. The shirt is free, but you gotta pay for shipping, okay? Um, and uh, we're gonna ship it out to you as soon as we get it. You, you tell us what size you need, and then we're gonna send you the t-shirt, okay? Join us. Uh, the goal is to get thousands of these shirts out. Keep pushing this. I think this boldness can be contagious, contagious, contagious. My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. Enjoy. Hey guys, if you enjoyed that episode, I encourage you to head on over to PrometheusLensPodcast.com because that wasn't even half of the episode. And sign up for our all-access pass. It's 10 bucks a month. It comes at the 33 cents a day. It gets you 48-hour early access to all episodes, members-only episodes, access to the private community, and that comes with monthly uh, Q&As and member chats. So we talk with authors and other great speakers, and you guys get to ask them your questions every single month. We also offer a smaller tier package. That is just $4 a month, and with that, that gets you access to the 48-hour early access, the monthly chats, and the Q&As. The only thing that does not get you is the members-only episodes like the one you just saw. But if you enjoyed that, head on over, sign up. It's quick, it's easy, and get access to not only this episode that you just saw, but many, many other great exclusive content. Torches high.